This episode brought to you by BRE Promotions. Whether you're just starting out or evolving your brand, BRE Promotions offers you expertly crafted disruptions that'll take you to the next level. BRE Promotions, we make your business shine. Visit us at brepromotions.com to schedule your free consultation. Hey everybody, this is Dave Scott from Spaced Out Radio, and you are listening to Brian Bowden and the crypto guru, Ronald Murphy, right here on Inside the Goblin Universe. Let's get this thing going. Hello again, folks, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Goblin Universe. This is a special isolation edition. Uh, my name is Ronald Murphy. <laughs> I'm Brian Bowden. This is great. Isolation edition. This is the isolation of edition, my friend. Um, it's been a while. It's been, let's see here, it's been probably about, I would say, a month, I guess, since you and I appeared last on Inside the Goblin Universe. Is that true? Yes, Inside the Goblin Universe proper. I believe that yeah. was with Andy McGrath. Um, but we, we did do the roundtables, which was kind of uh, that as well. I mean, everything that I put out and Ron puts out pretty much is part of that Goblin Universe family. That's so, right. you know, I mean, uh, it's just, uh, you know, we put it out, but I always try to include Ron and things that we do and Ron does the same. So we just, uh, you know, we, we talk on a daily basis, um, even though we're a couple hundred miles away, right? 250 maybe? <laughs> That's right. Uh, 300, I don't even remember. Uh, Pennsylvania is a vast wasteland of of stuff. It's just yeah, you know, a lot I'm, of trees, a lot of lot of forests, a lot right. of driving, and then every and once in, in a while, some Amish people. Yeah, um, and up in western Pennsylvania, which makes it even worse. I mean, if we were in Philadelphia, that would be yeah. a hop, skip, and jump. You know, we could probably do this in person once a week. But, yeah, I'm out in the middle of nowhere here in western Pennsylvania, about 35 miles outside of Pittsburgh. So we have to do this, but... Um, one good thing about this, and we have a lot to talk about, Brian. We've got a lot to talk about. Yep. But one good thing about this is that um, it allows us to change perspective a little bit. Um, it allows us to reevaluate um, the the future that we're going to take, you know, what path we want to take in our future. And it really allows us to basically step back from life and look at it subjectively rather than that kind of egotistical objectiveness that we have. Yes, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, so, something that, you know, we, we always, uh, we're, we're checking in with each other, just like you check in with other family members. And yes, Ron is part of my family. Uh, I've adopted them and they've adopted me. So, uh, yeah, um, and, and also and also our listeners. I think that's yeah. something to point out as well, too. Um, w one thing is, you know, whenever you do podcasts, um, we have, uh, you know, a fluctuation of listeners. We, we have a fairly decent size uh, listening pool. Yeah. Um, but the people that are really close to us, I mean, we become friends with those people. And, uh, you know, we think about you guys and you guys are constantly in our prayers. Um, and I think that this is a good time to just say how everything is going, give a little bit of update, how everything yeah. is going. And, and the thing that I want to point out to our listeners here, Brian, is that you're basically in one of the, the, the hot zones in the yeah. United States. So we have a lot of people listening in other countries, but Brian is right there in New York City. So yeah. what is going on there, my friend? Well, uh, greetings from the plagued apple. <laughs> <laughs> Not the big apple, plagued apple. Um, it's it's a lot different than it. it um, I haven't recalled it being this quiet or whatever for a long, long time. I mean, closest thing I remembered when I was, you know, under 10, um, because there was less people in my area, but it's very quiet. Um, it's very, it's, it's very surreal. Uh, when you go outside, it's, it's eerie. Um, people stay away from you. People yep. panic when they get too close to you. Um, then you got the other people who just don't care. They're, they're going to the playgrounds and parks. Then you have the other side of the fence because I, I see some of the community groups that you have on some of these social networks and they're like, you know, freaking out. Why are they playing basketball? They shouldn't do it. I'm going to call the police. And I'm like, you know what? The bottom line is this. I'm not a cold hearted person, but if you're stupid enough to allow your children to play on a jungle gym right now, um, then you and your family deserve what you get. 
Yeah. If you're stupid to go to the play park and, 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 and you needed to play basketball during a plague, then you are the people that are going to get the worst end of this and you're going to die. Uh, you win the Darwin Award for stupidity and you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah. It, it, it's just strange. Yeah, these are all very good points because nobody uh, has ever faced this before in their lives. I mean, this is the first time that anybody has faced this. Now, we have had, you know, various plagues throughout history, um, but for to have a global pandemic like this um, really is, you know, this is unprecedented. These are these are startling times for everybody. Um, in my neck of the woods, um, we probably in Pennsylvania have had something like 261 deaths Wow. Nothing compared to New York City, nothing compared to California. My cousin lives out um, in San Jose, and, uh, you know, that is a, a terrible, terrible uh, plague-stricken area out there as well, too. Um, so we're not dealing with the brunt that you folks are dealing with, um, but it is good to keep in contact with everybody. And we talk to people in, in, in other countries as well, too. We have a lot of colleagues and a lot of friends in Canada and in England um, and various other places. Um, and it's good to hear how everybody's doing, but that's absolutely the case. The reason why we're isolating is so this thing stops spreading around. That's the right. only way we're going to be able to battle this until a vaccination comes out. Right, you know, well, actually, uh, see, I'm on a different end of the fence. I, I don't, I'm not really pushing the vaccine. I'm not a non-vaccination person. My kids are vaccinated, but I make them break up the vaccines for, you know, I, I just don't want to bombard a small body with, you know, MMR at once. They do the M, the other M and R, measles, then the mumps, and they get a couple extra shots. They'll remember it, okay? You know, but they'll be better off. Um, I'm really, I'm getting a lot of reports from people who are doctors that I know of, emergency room people. And the prescription that the team in the, in, I guess the team in the White House administration, you know, looking back on what we have now to help us out, um, that, that chloroquine and, um, and erythromycin uh, uh, and what, well, I think it was zinc is working. And I posted something recently saying it's 100% effective. Now, granted, nothing's 100% effective. Even, even vaccinations aren't. Uh, people do react differently to different medicines, so on and so forth. But the reason why I'm saying it's 100% effective is it stops people from needing to be put on a ventilator. And it's very important you understand this, that the minute they put a ventilator, you go on a ventilator, your, um, your, your life expectancy is cut in half, 50% odds. Okay, which sucks. If you go past the three-day window, it goes to, I think, 20%. Every day thereafter, it just shrinks. And if you're on it for about a week, um, for the most part, you're not getting off of it. You're either on it or, or you're dead. And I'm not a doctor, but this is basically, look it up. It's, it's out there. Right. So well, I'm I, hoping I that these, these drugs that they give you, this cocktail, which seems to be working, is working. And I'm really surprised why people are so like, oh, it's all fake news. You know, wouldn't mm -hmm. you want to like, let's try it. You know, let's, let's uh, look at, we're getting results and try. Okay, cool. You know, I mean, and that gives you more time to have a vaccine that's thoroughly investigated, thoroughly tested. You know, we right. don't know what they're going to put in that thing. No, we don't. Look, I salute our healthcare workers, the doctors, the nurses out there on the front line. But yep. even before this, epidemic, this pandemic uh, took hold, everybody pretty much knew that one of the worst places to be for a sick person is in the hospital, because that's where you catch a whole lot of other things. Yep. And if you're on a ventilator, you're also attached to other things, you know, to collect urine and everything like that. So we introduced the, 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 the idea of infection into the process as well. So a person might go- And getting pneumonia. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so, so if a person goes in there with uh, uh, COVID-19, um, the cause of death may indeed not be that particular virus, but it was all the complications related to how they treated that virus. And that's something to be considered. Right. You know, and I also think, um, uh, I'm, this is the comic in me coming in. I think we should 
Make it a little interesting for our fans. Anytime we say virus or COVID-19, I think you should just take a shot of something. <laughs> that's, that's right, yeah, of, of quinine. Or pandemic, yeah, like, or just, just drink some quinine. That's uh, right. Have your gin and tonic. <laughs> that's right. And, and our show has never been a political show. No. And um, and the thing is, I, I'm I'm very open with, uh, you know, I, I've been raised a Democrat my whole life, but not a crazy Democrat, like not like the Democrats now. But I've always been a kind of um, a, a very conservative Democrat. But um, I think um, and, and this is probably going to rouse some people and it's probably yeah. get my applause from some people as well, too. Um, folks, I do trust this administration in their approach to um, uh, treating this thing, okay? I think that the president has the right people there. I, I know that that might sound outlandish to a lot of people considering uh, my political bent, but I think that he is one of those people that um, has at least surrounded himself with the people that need to be in charge of this. I truly feel that way. And, and I gotta, I, I'm gonna expand on this a little bit. Okay, so, cause I really do, uh, it, it may sound some some of these pieces I'm on the right hand side of the coin, but I'm not. I'm really a, a Jeffersonian liberal, and if you really look at that in today's standards, it's like being a libertarian. It's like yeah, there should be a little bit of government, but they should basically back off and let us do our thing and keep our money. Um, so that being said, I, I I don't think there's anybody in any seat of power throughout the world today that could handle this any better than it's being handled uh, within this country and with other countries. You're limited by what resources you have. Um, and you're limited also, also by the fact that, I mean, if they wanted to, they could literally quarantine everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think it's tough now, I mean, we're talking about military guards outside your apartment or your house or in your town that are told, you know, if they leave, shoot them. And right. it could sure. be that way. Uh, sure. You know, and don't give me this, well, this is America. They can't do that. They're already doing things like this. Yeah, so, that's so, right. Yeah, so, and, yeah, yeah, and we look across the pond as well, too. I, I hope that uh, that you and our listeners had, had listened or watched uh, Queen Elizabeth's speech as well, too. It was very stirring. I mean, it really kind of brought a tear to my eye, and I wanted to stand up and uh, salute the British flag as well. Right. Our world leaders, the ones that we have out there right now, I mean, not not the crazy one in some parts of the world, but look, I think that we're all pretty much um, in this together. And I think a lot of people understand this. And for the first time in a long time, even outside of the terrorist attacks of 9-11 back in 2001, I think that we are all kind of facing this together. We have a common foe and it's really humanity um, coming together and working together. And, and I think that's really the reason for this show, Brian, is because what we wanted to talk about is the outlook of this. Right, and the outcomes. If, yeah, the outcome. And if anything is going on, I think that we are now reevaluating what is important in our lives and what it means to be not only an American, but a citizen of this world. Right. You know, um, one of the things I didn't see the Queen's speech, and of course I, I will be uh, tubing it, YouTubing it, or you know, getting it some other way. But um, you know, I'm looking at uh, the, the Prime Minister over there being in in intensive care at this point, and I mean, I got to be honest, I'm 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 kind of rooting for the fact that they treat him with this this chloroquine cocktail, and he gets out, and he's like, I'm better, and. You know, you need you need somebody to be to come out of this saying like this chloroquine stuff saved my life. This worked because then it's so plentiful and it's so inexpensive. You know, this is what what the problem is. People want vaccines because they cost tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, where this product. I mean, if you think about the entire product uh, over its lifetime of the, the treatment for you, every time you're treating it is roughly under ten dollars for all of it. OK, yep. So, you know, when you get people pro-vaccine on this, um, you got to look at the mo monetary element of it. And I think what you need to do now is not look about money, but let's talk about how we fix this, how we can get ourselves back and maybe our bodies fight this off like we've, we've always fought, fought off the flu and some colds. So that's what I'm looking for. But you're, you're right about this. This is a, a reassessing of our priorities, a reassessing of our world. And figuring out that, you know what, um, the high ticket item, you know, the smartphone is not as important as your mom, your dad, your grandparents, 
your brother, your sister. Uh, yep, your kids. Your even, kids. Though they're, even though they're driving us crazy in isolation, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that between that and school, I think my youngest uh, said to her friend, they do a Zoom meeting. My, my wife sets up a Zoom meeting for just some of the classmates. And one, I think she said, I hope I don't have the same teacher next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even like with jobs. Now, I'm working at home right now, and um, it really kind of like I'm starting to ask myself whenever I get up in the morning, even though it's in my own house, right. am I happy with this job? Am I, <laughs> a difference? am I making a difference in the world? Is this something that I want to do? And I think a lot of people are doing this. Um, you know, one of the one of the speakers over in Parliament said, right. "It's not the, the 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 hedge fund investor, and it's not the banker, and it's not these people that are keeping the world running. It is you know the the refuse workers and the grocery clerks." Right. So at this point, you know, money doesn't seem like the overwhelming drive for me anymore. Of course, look, I have kids, I have a mortgage, I've got to keep things going. But the idea of accumulating wealth simply for the accumulating of things, you know, that's all old Buddhist yeah. proverb that uh, your possessions own you. And the less you own, the less you, you know, the, the less you possessed you are. And I think there is something to be said about that. And I'll tell you, in these, this, this, you know, these three or four weeks of isolation that we're into right now, I can honestly say that I'm really reevaluating how I am looking at accumulation of things, right. what's important. Um, and, I, I, and I'm starting to feel good, even though I'm inside all the time and I have to wear a face mask when I go out once or twice a week. I feel that there is hope on the horizon. And I think a yes. lot of people are feeling that as well. Yeah, you know, when this first started, um, normally, like, when, when your six senses start, your spidey senses start kicking in, you know when things are going to be bad. You get that stomach ache, and that's, that's your third eye kicking in. Um, all our Goblin fans know about third eyes and, your, you know, people that have abilities and stuff. I never got, the, I never got a feeling like, you know, it, oh, my God, like a doom feeling. I always thought we're going to be okay, okay? Um, which is a good thing, but you know, it's it is the reevaluation. It's the fact that I think a lot of people are we're all in the same playing field right now. No matter where you work, um, there's a lot of people that have been furloughed, a lot of people that have been fired, and I'm sure that once this is over, people will start getting hired back, and some people will not have a job. You know, the the whole thing. But I think if we could figure out a way to say, you know what, I like spending time with my family. I like coming, you know, being there and having dinner with my family. I liked, you know, with the exception of everybody being confined with each other. I mean, if you, if you got rid of the confinement aspect of it, where people, you know, the kids can still go to the park, but you're spending more time there with your family, they're seeing you growing up. That's what it was supposed to be like, you know, in, you know, in our, in the old times, you yeah. know, where yeah. you yeah. worked for a bit and then you came home. Look, I was a child of the 70s. You know, I was born in 1969. Yep. And that's the way it was always with me as well, too. My mother, she worked as a waitress, but, you know, I saw her constantly. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm sure she worked full time, but it never seemed that way. But I think what's going on now is with technology and we're just burdened and there's so much stress and everything in our lives. You know, maybe it's maybe my future is waiting tables someplace and yeah. putting food on the kid's table and not have to take my work home with me and worry about toxicity in the workplace. Maybe that is yeah. the case. But the other thing that you said was a very pertinent point as well, too, that we're starting to look at not only our ourselves, but we're also looking at the world around us as well, yeah. too. Uh, it was interesting to see some of these um, uh, global pictures uh, whenever China shut down, how quickly the world starts repairing itself. Um, pollution was a lot less, even in California, Los Angeles. Uh, yes. The pollution in Los Angeles shrunk down greatly to zero. Um, it, there's, yeah, there's no, it, there's no smog anymore. It, it, isn't that that's that's simply amazing? Mother Nature. Um, yeah, and it, it's that it's that that chain of being, this web in which we all belong. And um, the world, look, the birds are still outside singing. Everything is going about its way. And we humans are the ones who have, you know, separated ourselves from nature. And now it's very ironic 
that we worked to put up walls and to dominate the natural world, and now we are confined within that world. You know, the world now yes. has us by the uh, uh, by the by the grapes, they would say. Yeah, um, we have our, we're confined in our own prisons built by yeah. our own company. Well, that's right, exactly. So now, you know, I think we need to say, well, maybe we need to start, you know, respecting the world a little bit as well. Um, not only respecting the world uh, because that's the ethical and the moral thing to do, but also it's very interesting because that's where a lot of our cures are coming from, and we're destroying everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I've said this before on a program, and we could talk about this a little bit. Um, I've been uh, probably for the past 20 years, I've been a huge proponent of the Gaia theory, which is that the Earth is a uh, sentient being, that it's an intelligent yes. uh, 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 creative force. So the idea when we talk about things like Mother Nature and Mother Earth, uh, that comes into play. Um, and those are very ancient terms. And if you can think back at the time when we were very agricultural, or even when we were hunter-gatherer societies. We depended upon the earth, we depended upon uh, the phases of the moon and the shifting of the stars to tell us whenever seasons were coming and going. Um, now we have cell phones and we sit down to computers and we've lost that natural rhythm of nature. We've stepped out of that synchron synchronicity right. that we had. And I truly think that this was a wake-up call. The majority of the planet is not going to respond by stepping back into that synchronization. But I will tell you what, our goblin listeners, this can be an individual thing. I think that if enough of us do it individually, we can actually become in tune with the world around us again. And then let's see what kind of melody we start making at that point. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things, Ron and I had this conversation a couple of days ago, was that, you know, I was, I was saying that what people are waking up to is a lot of the people are, are, although they're out of work, they don't need the employer that much anymore. Uh, right. And they don't need certain things anymore. There's a lot of the controls that were there have been like obliterated. Right. One of which, you know, and, and, and part of that is I think we're coming to terms with the fact that we cannot re rely on technology uh, to be our, our, our leader. Um, you have to go old school in a lot of stuff. We have, I have a couple of friends that are, have the, the wisdom of, of the, the native or the indigenous people of, of the world here, and they know cures. We gotta go back and go old school, people. We gotta learn how to put plant gardens and how to tend to those little gardens and sustain ourselves. We've gotta learn about old cures for healing. Um, you know, it's funny. People have no problem about buying echinacea in a bottle, but you can pick it out of a field, you know, if you know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing with certain roots, you can bring down fevers. I mean, there's a ton of things that we need to get back into. And on top of that, one of the, one of the guards that was, was lifted was that, I think it was the Pope who just said, you could talk directly to God, which blew me away because that's their, that's their hand. That's their control over you. No, you need to talk to the priest and confess to the priest. When the reality of it is, God's everywhere. If you're right. a believer of God, you don't need a third party to talk through. Right. You talk directly to God, and God will 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 talk to you. Yeah. Um, and I hope I, I got to be honest. I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in in the higher power or a supreme being, but I think that's where we we started going down that path of of darkness. I think we need to bring that back in our life a little bit more. Right. Like, you know. There's, you got to be responsible. There are consequences for your actions. Right. Yeah, I think uh, th that's a great point. Um, there was a lot of things like on social media, Facebook and Instagram and things like that, that, you know, that were entering a time of evil because the churches are shut down. And I think absolutely not. It's ex actually the exact opposite. Um, yes. What we're seeing now is kind of like a revival. This idea that we can seek God without any intermediary whatsoever. That's a powerful, powerful notion that, um, you know, I was raised in the Catholic Church and the idea of dogma and tradition, which is still very important to me, don't get right. me wrong. But I have always, even as a child, had a problem with thinking that I have to go to a priest to talk to him about my sins. You know, that that's from a psychological point of view, that yeah. makes perfect sense. I mean, I, it, right. people need people and things like that. But the idea to seek 
an intermediary for absolution of your sins is really not that important now because like you said, the Pope came out and said, go to God with your sins. What we're going to see now is the church is still going to be an important place. Yes. It's going to be a place for ritual. It's going to be a place for ceremony, a coming of age place. But the idea that we need to go there and ask a human being for help, I think that's going to go by the wayside. And, and this is getting very close to what early Christianity was, because we have to understand uh, for the first you know hundred and some years, uh, Christianity and Judaism were the exact same religion. You know, it was yep. it was basing out of that. And um, so what a group of Jews had decided at one time was, you know, do we have to go through the temple and do we have to pay money to sacrifice for our sins? Do we have to do this? We have to do that. And it came down to the point. No, like these are fundamental evolutions in the human psyche. You know, the yeah. idea where priests were in charge of you and you had to go through them in order to come to God. This blows the roof off of everything. Right. And you know, it wasn't until we come up to, uh, you know, Constantine, then we start having everything put down the letters of the law. We start having the um, the edict of, uh, of, uh, oh, of Nicaea in 325, whenever you start establishing things. Um, then Christ doesn't become this little shepherd boy that he was depicted as. He becomes as a bearded ruler who's going right. to judge the living and the dead. But my friend, look, Passover is coming up. Um, it's now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It is now. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I, I, that's right. That's right. Um, so now we think about this. Now we think this is our personal um, interaction with the divine. Uh, I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you're, you're Christian. It's that time to really think that there is a higher power out there that has control over everything. We are now swept up in something called the human condition. This is what happens to human beings. But now we can go to God with our our sins, our thoughts, our petitions, our hopes, and our dreams yep. like never before in history, my friend. Like never before we're now able to do this. You know, it's 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 very funny what you know when we started with this, and what you said was you don't have to. We've always talked about raising your vibration. Uh, we've been talking about it for the last two years about how you things you can do for yourself to get you closer to that higher power, to spirituality, to be a better human in general. And I'm not talking about, you know, all we need is love type of stuff. I'm talking about, you know, part of that meditation where you clear your mind and get rid of the gunk and the calcium and the plaque buildup and you actually can see everything and you open yourself up to to a higher power and some more, you know, feeling good and raising your vibration. The whole thing about these churches and the synagogues and these mosques and these temples, you know, is you're, you know, there's a control component. When you don't, when, when, when you're the leader of these, as you don't have to go to us, you can talk directly to God. I think what, what comes from this is that we're going to be able to start talking to, let's say, God asking God for the questions, asking for help and, and forgiveness. And then I think what's going to happen on the church end of it or that community component is instead of going there and being told we're going to, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, Revelation 2 or, and, and we have to read, we're going to be there with each other expressing, well, what did you find out? Oh, that was interesting. I thought it meant this. It's almost like, sounds really weird, a good book club. Um, <laughs> the good book, you know, and, yeah. and I think because of, of bouncing ideas off of each other, um, of course, you'll have people that are devout. Nope, mm. that's it. The book says this and I'm going to do this and I'm fine with, it, you know, but I think people are going to say, you know, yes, I'm using that as a guideline um, for a lot of it. But I'm questioning and I'm asking, well, what I got this from this portion of this, this text, I was reading so and so and I got this out of it. Do you think it means X, Y and Z? And then. That whole dialogue at that point can be very enlightening. And I think when you enlighten yourself and when you start thinking outside of the narrow box of confinement and control, you truly do get in touch with yourself, the, the worlds around you like Gaia, and, uh, and to that higher point to be the spiritual God. And also, you know, what they talk about is the Akash record, where, yeah. you know, I, I think I mentioned one time that the Lord made us, God made us in, man in his image. Okay, it's a very powerful statement. You got to break this down. 
We were made in God's image. So if we're made in God's images, and this please don't kill me for this, but technically, are we many gods? And if we are, do we have godlike abilities? And I think we do. And I think we just lost it because of the, the controllers and the masters out there. Because if we are really in touch with and we're aware of what powers we do have, and let me tell you, we have a lot of power, then these controllers lose everything. That's right. Absolutely everything. Um, it, well, see, uh, there, there's so much that you brought up there, and, and this is this is the case. This this could be a you know a, a series of shows, um, but again, yeah, the Ron Brian sick, Ministries. That's right. <laughs> it's, whenever you get sick, instead of going to the doctors, you could go to your garden. Wow, you, wow, well, we're we're starting, we're starting to break down things. You see, but this is the yep, truth. The truth. It is true. Um, if, if, if you're looking for the answer. Uh, take a walk rather than going to your psychiatrist, okay? Look, if you look at, again, we can look at Buddhism, we can look at Islam, Muhammad, we can look at Moses, even Jesus. Whenever any of these great minds in these world religions sought God, they went into nature. So we're talking about the Gaia theory again as well, too. Um, the idea of the doctrine of signatures that came out during the Middle Ages that all of nature, God wrote two books, the Bible and the book of nature, and then you can read God in it. You know, if, if this Gaia thing is is indeed accurate, indeed true, um, then are we part of this, this grand creation where the mind and the will of God has been alive with us, around us all the time. All the cures that haunt us is there. Everything that has plagued us is out there. But instead of looking toward it and nurturing it, we've been destroying it. That, that says a lot about who we are as human beings. And we even think of the idea of the Garden of Eden. You know, if this place was started out as the Garden of Eden, and we plowed it over and we paved it over. I think it's about time right. we start, you know, we start, you know, let's tending this garden again. I truly believe that. Um, but yeah. uh, I, again, to, to, I, I just want to point out one more thing to our listeners in case, you know, people think that we're too far off track here. Um, it was interesting because whenever Constantine wanted to um, really shore up his empire, he thought, well, you know, there's a lot of competing books in the Bible out there. So it was in 325 whenever he got everybody together and said, okay, there's going to be four Gospels. He kind of, you know, coordinated how many books of the Bible there was going to be. But there was one very popular book, of the, uh, a New Testament book called the Gospel of Thomas. Um, and it was basically a, a series of sayings. There was not very much narrative in it. But the, uh, the apostles were all gathering around and, you know, Jesus was talking about his uh, his imminent uh, crucifixion, and um, the disciples were scared. They said, "You know, how, you know, how do we find you whenever you're gone? How do we see you?" And he says something very interesting. He said, "If you go and pick up a stone, I am there, or if you split a piece of wood, I am there." These are very powerful images to say that God can be found in nature itself. And what have that, that the church doesn't want to hear this because you can't tithe the nature. Right. You know, nobody wants to hear this, but it's again, this idea of turning to nature. And my friend, isn't it interesting that this virus that is now plaguing the world comes out of the idea of man's somehow abuse of the natural world. It's as if nature uh -huh. said, yeah, we're not going to take this anymore, guys. Look, you guys have become the invasive species we kind of want you gone right now. This might be our little wake-up call, and we, we have our timeouts. We're all sent to our room. But I'm serious, guys. Look, dolphins are returning to the canals of Venice. Um, places are becoming alive that were dead before. This means something, guys. This means something. I don't think that this is the book of Revelation, but I think that this is definitely a revelation. This is a wake-up call, and not only a wake-up call, my friend, but I think this is going to be an awakening that all humanity needs. You know, this is the book of Renaissance. This yeah. is the book of the Phoenix. This is pulling us out of the ashes and getting us on a proper path. Um, it's it's very it's a very powerful statement, and it's not every place in, in the world that that this is taking place. You know, like like I'm, I'm talking about Mother Nature's coming back. If you look for a great example, I was just I just did a uh, five hour uh, uh, a couple hour uh, uh, podcast for Dr. David Perone, 
who's uh, the safety of uh, the safety uh, podcast. And one of the things we talked about in this rebirth is we talked about uh, people saying this is our 9-11. And Dave said, no, it's not because, um, you know, 9-11 had a beginning and an end. Wow. Terrorist attack, boom, we got rid of it, boom, war. Okay, it's beginning and end. This is more along the lines of a, of a Chernobyl or a Fukushima. We are now having to live with this. And I don't know where the end is. I, I can't tell you, but we have an ample opportunity here to really start fresh. You have an opportunity here. So, so it's almost as God said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of erase the stuff that you've been doing. I'm going to show you the light. Now, make the right choice. And, you know, we, we can do so many great things here. We could forgive debt and start from zero. I doubt yeah. it will happen, but we could. You yep. know, we could we could create something where uh, we're bringing manufacturing back to this country because we realized to put all our eggs in one basket in China was stupid, um, and they don't have our best interest or national security on their minds anyhow. Um, so maybe we bring back production, and you know the other people that were unemployed now start working again back in factories, and we have a second industrial type of revolution or reindustrialize. There's a lot of pluses that can come from this. Um, and, you know, I know it, and I'm going to use the term, it sucks right now for a lot of people, but we were down the path of Sodom and Gomorrah. We want to get back on that religious end of it. Um, it was not a good thing what was going on. And frankly, if you really look to the future, you're like, uh, this is going to be tough on everybody. But now that we've all been, had the rug pulled out from underneath us and we had two months or more to think about what's going on. Now's the chance to change your priorities. Yep. You know, yep. look, look yep. inward to, to, to grow outward. Right. Well, it's supposed to snow this weekend, but uh, here in Western Pennsylvania. But um, after that little bit of cold spell ends, um, I'm going to do a garden with the kids. Uh, my children never had a garden before, and uh, we're going to put a garden in. Um, we're going to uh, plant a little fairy garden as well, too, besides a vegetable garden. And uh, ah, yeah, perfect. so yeah, there you go. Um, and to show them that there's a rhythm, there's a natural rhythm to life, that what happens is things um, die off. And then there's always that hope for rebirth. And I think that's something that I'm going to instill in them. Uh, and yeah. I think it's going to be something, it, it's going to be a great learning experience for everybody. Um, look, yeah. you, what you said makes perfect sense to me as well, too. Um, the idea of, you know, returning things to America, returning things. Look, nobody's going out car shopping now. Nobody's going out no. buying a house right now. They appreciate what they have. That, that doesn't mean anything to them at all. But like you said, man, this could make so much of a difference if we start building cars in America again. Or we start yeah. – we still have to have a global economy. I understand that. But instead of buying cars and instead of buying computers, how about if we start exchanging scientific ideas or we start exchanging medical ideas? You know, These are the things right. that we really need to share. Let's not worry about an economic economy like that. Each country can take care of itself. But let's start worrying about this idea of sharing intellectual properties with other countries so we can really help humanity rather than just trying to get people rich. Yeah, you, you know, someone was bringing up the fact that um, I was talking to someone that's close to the, the, the paranormal group that I investigate with a lot of stuff. Um, and they talked about Walmart and how they, they hated Walmart because what Walmart did. I always love Walmart because they have all the stuff there. But the fact of the matter is, you know, when, when Sam Walton was here, it was a different type of Walmart. You know, he invested in people and factories and yeah. they built stuff. And then the minute he died, they're like, let's go to China. And they, made, they blew up because you know, something that, that they sell for $7, they get for seven cents, you know, huge profit margin. But maybe this is the opportunity for these companies to say, you know what, we're going to bring manufacturing back here. We're going to uh -huh. start looking uh, uh, at, at, you know, instead of biting the hand that feeds, which is, you know, us, the consumer, we're going to invite them to take part in it. We're going to, it's going to be a little bit more expensive, something you're not used to, but it's going to last longer. Uh, I used the example of a TV set when I was born in the 60s, late 60s, uh, around the same time uh, Ron. Um, my dad went out, you know, men weren't really as part of the birth cycle as they are now. You know, I mean, I, I was there in the room. I, 
cut the uh, the cord. Um, you know, totally different. But you know, he went out and he bought a TV set. It was an RCA color TV, Trinitron, and we still have it. And if I plug it in, it's going to work. You can't say that about a lot of the stuff that we, we, we we're buying these days. Yeah, maybe a lot less expensive, but it lasts you half the time, if not a quarter of the time. And then you're out buying it again. So in the end, you're spending the same amount of money. Um, we got to look past bells and whistles. We got to look past all this other stuff and start looking towards what do we need to be happy? And, you know, you happiness is the that's the if you want to know what the secret to, to life is, it's happiness. And. I think us doing things to make us happy and having more time to together um, and not sit in front of the, the idiot box. Um, although we want you to listen to our podcast and, and watch our YouTube stuff. Um, I'd be more than happy to, uh, you know, have you co go out and, and enjoy the day with the family and then maybe come back later that night, and listen to a podcast or read, you know, Ron has how many books now? 15. Yes, <laughs> no, no, and I don't mean yeah. that negative. I mean he has fifteen, and then we're, we've got a couple more coming too. Stuff yeah. from Ron and I. I mean, I just published my own poetry volume, um, and I did it not not to really sell a product as much as I did it for me. It's a it's my milestone. It's my it's my benchmark. Um, but I think it's fantastic. Uh, other people have read it so far. They just you know they got it on Amazon. Um, it's fantastic. Look at look me up. Look Ron up. Ron's books are absolutely off the chart they're great he, he he knows so much about so many different things in the paranormal world and then his imaginative type of aspect on his his fiction non-fiction his short story i mean it's there's a lot of fun there you know yeah. um and i think you should read it you don't you know don't stop with all these people like i'm going to give you a yelp review <laughs> for yourself stop listening to other people stop That's being right. beholden to that listening do for yourself. You know, there's tons of stuff that I'm out there. If I listened to critics, I never would have saw it. And it's fantastic stuff. If yeah. this, this, you know, you need to start doing for yourself, thinking for yourself, going out with your family. And, you know, part of this, when we get into this whole goblin aspect of like Ron and I doing paranormal stuff, you know, maybe you'll go out into the woods, in the Chestnut Ridge, and you have a Bigfoot encounter, a real live Sasquatch encounter. That's better yeah, than hearing I, about it on, on a little podcast, right? That's right. Or, yeah, or like you said, even if you don't have the encounter, say you don't yeah. have the encounter, just go out looking for them. You know, the idea. Yeah. Like, one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated with the idea of Bigfoot, the idea of the wild man, he is kind of like my, you know, he's kind of like that suppressed person that I want to be, kind of like my alter ego, you know? Um, yes. The reason why I'm fascinated by him is because he's one with the natural world. You know, it, it's that thing that he looks so much like us. He obviously has some intelligence, but he doesn't need us. Um, we actually need him more than he needs us. You know what I mean? And there's yes, something definitely. He's like kind of, of like a rock star, you know, that, that people are, are clamoring to get a sight of him. They want to take pictures of him, but he really doesn't want the paparazzi. So he's kind of like the rock star of the cryptid world. And I've always been fascinated with that notion. And one, yeah. of the, one of my favorite things that I do with my kids is going out on our hikes and trying to um, tap in to you know the unseen in this world whether it's bigfoot or fairies and i don't want to go too metaphysical on everybody because it's such a good conversation right. but i'm just saying that there's more out there than meets the eye we cannot see the coronavirus unless it's under a microscope and maybe we can't see bigfoot or fairies or any of these other things because we're not looking at them with the right set of eyes right and you know and part of that is when you go out to nature it's really fun when I, I used to go to a summer camp, sleepaway camp, because my mother was a, a, a teacher, and that's how she made some extra money. And we got to go to camp for free, thankfully. Initially, we paid for it. My grandparents helped out. But uh, I'm, I don't come from a wealthy family. But one of the coolest things about being up there in that summer camp is not necessarily just being away from your normal life 10 months out of the year. You could see stars. You could see the galaxy. You can see the, 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 the Milky Way galaxy, like in the picture, like some really good photographs. You know, so maybe this is the time where we, we chilled out with the factories and production and making, you know, non-important non things. And now people are taking in um, the supermoon that was just there. And, 
you know, stars and comets that are coming, this comet atlas that are, is coming our way, although it may be breaking up right now, which is four and a half times bigger than Jupiter, which, and it's just a little bit smaller than the sun, and it's traveling in our direction right now. Look how big that is. It's going to be here at the end of April. Um, you're going to be able to see it with the naked eye. It's going to be brighter than Sirius. So, I mean, like, these are things that would you really have paid attention to or known about if we didn't have it a, this type of event? No, you'd be concerned what's on Netflix or about the Tiger Guy or Ron Exotic. <laughs> That's right. Right. You know, I have to admit that I was caught up in that as well, too. But it's interesting <laughs> about the supermoon uh, last night because my kids, we were all excited to see it. So I remember we had to wait till a rainstorm went, went past, and then we went outside yep. to look at it because we were anxiously awaiting for its arrival. And if you could think, you know, this was, you know, several hundred years ago, the whole way back to the dawn of creation, you know, that was very important. People would go out. This would be their Netflix. This would be their things they would want to watch because it was something that the world was displaying, it was something the yep. universe was, was showing to them. And it means a lot to me. I'm still one of those romantics at heart. I still like to see, you know, um, uh, the Big Dipper turn upside down whenever it becomes spring because I know that summer is very close. Or, you know, at the end of uh, of uh, September, whenever uh, Orion appears and we know that winter is not going to be far behind. I'm still into this kind of stuff, but we have forgot about that, my friend, and we yes. really, really need to get back into that. I, I, I couldn't agree more, and that's why I think, you know, instead of – uh, focusing on what's going on right now, the negativity, you know, you want to be safe. Don't get me wrong. You want to, um, I posted a video recently of this, this, this doctor's medical person who, who says to take a tonic, tonic water, which is quinine water, you know, um, and drink some of that and take some zinc. It's basically a, a, a modified version of this medicine they're giving. And it's not going to be the cure or the end all. I mean, hell, if you're so inclined to do it, throw some gin in there. You know, have a gin and tonic uh -huh. and some zinc. You know, instead of olives, just put some zinc in there. But the whole thing is that you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your family. Keep the distance for initially. And I think it's going to take a couple of months. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think by the end of May, this is kind of done with, and we're now being weaned back uh, on into the system. And I think the social distancing is going to last probably six months to a year. But every day it'll grow exponentially to be not a social distance. And, you know, then once this starts happening and things start ramping up, remember what took place. You're, I'm telling you, you're going to miss some of these moments, even though they are so stressful. Um, but you're going to miss it. And then maybe you need to reevaluate. Say, you know what? I don't want to work 80 hours this week. You know, I, I, made, I made money. I want to do, you know, my, you know, my 40 to 60 and have some extra time, be there for my child's play, um, get a hug, read them a book at night, tuck them in. Um, you know, we just played this game, heads up or whatever it is. You put the cards in your head. You know. Oh yes, oh yes. It, it, you know, do I, I ordered jigsaw puzzles because I haven't. You know, I didn't think my kid. I got to be honest with the way we were going. I didn't think they would do jigsaw puzzles. You know, there's certain things that the modern day family doesn't do. You know, play Monopoly, do these games. Maybe you have family game night. Maybe you don't have family game, but maybe you go out once a week and instead of helping yourself, maybe help somebody else out. I know it sounds really weird, but, you know, maybe you take a little bit more respect for your neighbors. Like, hey, Mrs. Johnson, how are you feeling today? You okay? You need anything? I'm going to the store. You know, people aren't going to be, you know, they're going to be taken back by that, mind you. But I think uh, over time, we're going to teach our children that you get more from please and thank you than from give me. Yep, it's happening, Brian. I'm telling yeah. you, it's happening. It is definitely happening. The way we look at our neighbor is changing. The same way it happened at 9/11, you know. Uh, it, but but this is on a global scale, and I think that we are going to at least let's hope that we're all going to awaken to see everybody a little bit differently. But I yes. think that is something to be said that we care about the. You know, this is the time we start caring about the elderly. You know, yeah. it, 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 these aren't somebody, you know, to, to be kept alone in nursing homes. We worry about them. We worry if they're going to catch anything. Um, and uh, now we can worry about them a little bit more when the threat's over. Yep. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, the world will get back on track uh, probably pretty soon. You know, we'll probably have baseball before the year's out and everything. Um, but I was reading some uh, Harvard uh, um, projections and they said, 
you know, we may indeed have to do social distancing um, of some kind at some periods of the season for the next two years. So like in the wintertime, we might have to cut back on going out and maybe schools. Now, that's something to think about as well, too. Yes. Think about this, Brian. Think about education at this point where education is no longer in the hands of teachers. Oh, that's a scary thing because now kids are going to be able to think for themselves. <laughs> um, yeah, see, now, and look, I've been in the educational field for a number of years. I have a, a master's in um, a childhood education, as a matter of fact. Um, and I know the idea that, you know, we need to teach basis, and I, I know that we need all that stuff. But a lot of the things that we're, we're teaching – uh, especially in history, is very um, uh, slanted. You know, uh, history is always uh, written by the the conqueror. Yep. You know, as the, Napoleon would say. But um, you know, the idea of approaching the world and learning with fresh eyes is going to be one of these. You used the word renaissance earlier. Yes, yes indeed, my friend. It will be a renaissance. Read the works of Shakespeare without a teacher telling you what it means, or you know. Start writing your own poems when they're, without relying on a grade or start reading a book of history. Uh, you know, read a history of the Civil War, uh, but read a slave narrative instead of, you know, something, you know, that some scholar wrote two two years ago from yeah. his death in, uh, in Massachusetts. You know, <laughs> this, this is the way that these things are going to change, man. This is the way things are going to change if we want them to change. I, it, it's all in us right now. Uh, we have it in us to change the world around us. And if we cannot change the world, we can at least change the world within each of us. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm 100% on board with all this. And I've never been like one of those. I, I don't, I don't need guided meditation. I don't need you. You know, I, most people don't like to be told what to do. Uh, believe it or not. <laughs> you know, um, some people actually need that. And, and there'll always be some, some form of that in there. But I think, you know, I was just having a conversation. I said, you know, maybe we need to do what the Europeans do. When I was in business and we're broker dealers, big companies, the whole month of August is a wash because everybody in Europe is on vacation. They're on holiday. Mm -hmm. It is one of the boringest months on the planet uh, because of that. Maybe we need to take two months out of the year, They'd be the back-to-back -back or maybe like a December and then uh, an August, and stop, just stop, reevaluate, reset. You know, you can't keep running a race. You're gonna get tired. You need to replenish and recharge. And I think maybe if we get to this point where we, we like you said, we quarantine or or we stop for a month. Uh, you know, half the serve, half the industry stops for a month, and they're on their vacation. It gives people a time to reset, to retool the machines, to um, yes. grease the wheel. And then once it yep. picks up again, boom. And not only are we running, but maybe we like in that time, we thought of something new that expands on what we're doing and makes it better. Yep, we get a chance to reboot. Yep. Um, you know, some of the some parts of the world are already like this. You know, uh, France works. You know, their full time uh, work week is thirty two hours. I think that we could do things like that here in the United States and not worry so much about right. that, pursuing that almighty dollar. Start spending time with your family. Start spending time with your loved ones. Start getting to know your neighbor's name. Yeah, that that's a good one too, huh? Because in the yeah. when we were growing up, Ron. I mean, I'm. I'm almost positive your parents were friendly with the neighbors and they knew who the, that Murphy boy was, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's right. That's it's right. It's the Murphy boys. That, you know, they knew who you were. And I can tell you straight up, I'd come home from doing whatever. And my mother would be like, why were you down by the railroad track? And I'm like, how oh, yeah. does she know these things? Because there was, there was their own little spy network of mothers that were concerned and took a, a concern in your child safety like they really shouldn't be playing there it's dangerous so you know this is see this is the vastness of our goblin universe we're not just about paranormal and um and and you know cryptids and stuff that we're always asking questions regarding those things and because of that we're questioning the validity of what's taking place right now what we can do to continue on this path of just breathing <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah, sitting back and collecting our thoughts and just taking a deep breath. And that might be what nature's doing right now. It's taking one long collective breath. Yes. You know, I mean, and 
you know, as we're coming up to uh, uh, an hour for this broadcast, um, we don't want to go too, too, too great, too longer, but we'll probably end it in a, in a couple of minutes. But um, I think this is, this is fantastic what we did. And I think you got to look, uh, you know, I, I think of Monty Python at this moment and always look on the bright side of life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, that's right. You know, it, that's, that's, <laughs> we go from giving Monsieur a, an extra wafer <laughs> and him <laughs> blowing up to that's always right. look on the bright side of life. And that's, that's what you right. have to do. So and, let's and, keep looking on that bright side. In this very religious season that we live in, we have to remember that we have to have the flood before the rainbow comes out. And we have to have death before we can have life. That's the things that we have to remember. And, you know, there will always be that dawn. Um, yes. There's always going to be that dawn. Now, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to be a part of that new day? Or do we not want to be a part of our, that new day? And that is truly our choice, folks. Um, if we are continued to be consumers uh, rather than creators, uh, if we continue to hate instead of love, and I'm not talking about just solely on some sort of uh, idealistic thing, but if right. we we don't really change our outlook on the world, um, maybe we won't be there, and nature will always have that beautiful sunrise and that beautiful moon to look at, but humans won't be there anymore because they stepped outside of that equation, you know? And that would be very sad. That would be very sad if we would take that upon ourselves to destroy such a beautiful, beautiful world. And for the world to return to the way it was, it has to get rid of us. Let's not do that, guys. Let's start working in harmony. Let's not see the world as something that we can consume and use, but let us see ourselves more as shepherds and that we're borrowing this. We truly are borrowing this world from our children and our children's children. And let's let this place in good shape. Um, let's get everybody help, happy and healthy. Let's find cures for diseases instead of dropping bombs on little villages. And let's, you know, let's just get back to what we were really meant to be, you know, loving human beings who take care of one another and really admire and respect the world around us. I couldn't agree more. And what a great way to just let's segue out of this and end this uh, wonderful conversation. Uh, Cause we can continue this, but we'll do this a little bit later. We're, we're, you know, it's, it's interesting. Ron and I both have families. Ron and I have, have and we've been trying to do a lot more, you know, we do podcasts, we're writing uh, uh, books, uh, some great stuff coming out. And a lot of the, what we just discussed is in a new book that's going to be coming out from us. And it's going to be a game changer because I think there's a connection here to a lot of the paranormal side of everything. But, you know, I, at, the, at this moment, we're going to be back. We're going to be doing what we do here. We're going to be providing you with some really fun, fantastic, out-of-this-world, you know, paranormal-based content as well. But we're also, you know, Ron's with uh, Corridor 13. I'm, I'm with Corridor 13. It's a great company for appearances, and you can book Ron to come out there if you want to see a, 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 an amazing, amazing presenter who is not only, like, probably one, one of the most knowledgeable people up there, but he's fun. Um, you go book Ron, you know, well, I bring, well, I bring what I bring, you know, I bring a lot more of my own personal investigations and experiences and then my knowledge as well. But I mean, Ron's fine. We, you can have a really good time with Ron. Well, I've been saying this before. Um, I think that if you want to have a great ticket, put Brian and I on together. Yes. Um, we, we live close enough that we can really cover, uh, the majority of the East coast of the United States. So if you want to have us together, um, at an event, uh, I, I would suggest contacting Corridor 13. We have this kind of banter together <laughs> online, but really to see us in person is really to get that chemistry going. So I hope <laughs> I hope that they can uh, uh, get us in person here. Um, we have a lot of events that are scheduled. I'm sure some of them will be uh, postponed, but right. I cannot wait for the world to return because I'm really looking forward to meeting, you know, friends from the inside the Goblin universe. And I cannot wait. It always kind of brings a tear to my eye whenever I go to a convention and somebody that I've never met before is wearing an inside the Goblin universe t-shirt it's really cool yeah it, it's it's great and i gotta be honest ron and i will will give you uh it's it's it basically is a performance because we're so knowledgeable we have fun doing what we do i mean we joke around a lot 
And it's not because we're diminishing our, the seriousness of a subject matter. It's just fun. I mean, come on. It, we're talking about Bigfoot people. You know, like, you, you know, if you can't have fun with that, then you can't have fun with anything. But you're going to sit there. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to be like, oh, my God, and holy, you know, crap. And you're going to get a lot of information out of it. And you're going to come off of that saying, wow, this, these guys are great. These guys were like, it was, you know, what we do and that most other people don't do is we entertain and inform and it's all about entertaining. I mean, that's why when we have guests on, Ron, remember we, we you know, we, we had, we had uh, uh, the author Steve Alton on, and great guy, fantastic guy. I mean, like, I got him on the show. He's a major player. And, you know, initially he said to us, like, you know, I really didn't want to do this. Uh, you know, who are you two guys? And he goes, this was fantastic. It was, you guys are great, you know. Um, and I, I want to do this again. That's, that's what we do. That's how we do it, because we're real people. We're not there to hurt or kill anybody. We want to get information, have some fun, and we make it fun for everybody. So, uh, you know, I just got to say, when you hear this, like it, subscribe to it, share it with your friends, have them like and subscribe, you know, listen to the show, contact us. We're on social media, both of us. You know, we're all over the place. And, you know, tell us what you want to hear. You want to hear more of this. You want to, you know, you, know, you want some more ghosts. You want some more werewolves. Whatever it is, we'll do our best to bring it to you because that's what Ron and I want to do. We want to just... Kind of perform uh, right. and, and inform. Perform yeah. and inform. Sorry about and that. So, and something that I've always wanted to say is uh, comment in the links below. I've always wanted to say that, Brian. Yes, please do. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> when you see something or you hear it on Podbean or you hear it on Apple iTunes, you know, subscribe to it. Leave a like, a review. Like it and share. I mean, we have a YouTube channel. We put the stuff up on YouTube as well. Um, you know, it goes on Facebook. But, you know, we want to hear from you. We want you to take you. We want you involved. It's, it's one thing to listen to something. We're telling you. We're actively want you involved in this. Um, yep. You know, if you got a, if you got a beef, put the beef up. If you don't, you just say, this is fantastic. It was great. I loved it. Put it up. We want to hear from you. You know, we want to uh, be one with our fans and, and people. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> That's absolutely the case. And you know what? I'm glad. Um this, uh, you know, this show is, we've been wanting to put this on for a while and just you know, this period in our isolation right now, we are allowed to do this. Um, I, I'm glad we did this, Brian. Look, I, it allowed me to contact with you and it really allowed us to contact with our, our listeners. I think that this was a great show. I really do it. I'm not, you know, not tooting our own horn, but I think that this was a good way of just kind of like, you know, letting this, this, this free flow of consciousness out, you know, the things that we've been wanting to talk about. I think this was a good show, my friend, and I'm very, very proud um, and actually honored to have you. Uh, I, you know, I, since we've been together inside the Goblin Universe, I could not ask for a better friend, my friend. Well, <laughs> I appreciate it. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm not going to make a job. You know, it's like Sally Fields, you like me. You know what? Look, I, I've, always, I've been, always been one that offers to help people out if I can. I always get a pleasure helping people. Ron had a situation and I helped and it just worked out. Um, and it's been like, you know, it's, I don't want to say we're, uh, you know, getting on that soulmate thing, but it's like we're brothers from a different mother. We were, we were friends up, up there above. We, we reconnected down here and we're going to continue to bring it and we're going to have fun with it and you know we're going to give people hot puts <laughs> yeah, but we're right. also going to send them hugs and love and that's how we roll inside the Goblin Universe it is it is that, 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 that's a fitting uh, a, a fitting way to say adieu my friend and I think that's good because we actually went a little bit over a little bit over but you know what whatever we always we, we, we always the rule breakers anyhow we are. That's right. That's right. The Take man, me home, Ron. Take me man, home. That's right. All right. So what I will say is enjoy your uh, enjoy your Holy Week. Enjoy your Passover. Enjoy your your Easter. Enjoy whatever religion you happen to follow, my friend. Um, play on a flower. Get ready. You don't have to listen to birds sing, but I promise you and I assure you that things will get better. And I, I will tell you, thanks for coming down uh, this rabbit hole with us once again. And for Inside the Goblin Universe, I'm Ron Murphy. I'm Brian Booth. And we'll see you on the other side, my friends. Good night. Hey, this is Brian Bowden. I want to extend a deep thanks to Purple Planet. You guys rock. Hey, everyone. I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart. 
your monthly paranormal podcast. Join me the last Sunday of every month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, and Paranormal Radio. If you're looking for a beautiful piece of stoneware pottery, check out Nodakian Studios at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Nodakian Studio. And also check her out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Nodakian Studios, where you can see updates as well as giveaways when they come available. Go check it out. There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson.